Good evening, good evening, good evening. Let's get right into another KG Fifth Ward Wildcat and Doc podcast. Brothers, how are you? Punchy. Doc? I'm well. I'm doing quite well. Some folks may say I'm lit, but that's all right. I'm not, I'm a little, I'm not even going to lie. That's not even close. <laughs> but uh, Now, you ain't falling down up under the table. None of that. None of that at all. I'm a... I know what I'm doing. Uh, All right, then. Let's go. I went to Wall Trip and U of H. I know how to drink. So, anyhow, let's get right into it. Let's talk. Let's, if y'all will indulge me, let me talk about Prairie Views higher on women's basketball side. I'm glad you brought that up. On, I, I believe it was, what, Wednesday of this week, Doc? Wednesday? No. Was no it, oh, it was Tuesday. 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 Okay, Tuesday. They, uh, Prairie View announced that they have hired Raven Justice as their new women's basketball head coach. Coach Justice was on the U of H staff for the past seven seasons. And I believe in those seven seasons, she had, U of H had one winning year. And that one winning year was based on talent left by uh, the previous staff of Danny Hughes and Coach Joe Curl. First year? Yes. And let me just say that last You didn't hear no disagreement. Raven Justice last year at Houston Baptist, they won three games. So... Her last year at HBU, they won three games, got the U of H, had the great year, and then they started losing. They've been losing ever since, her tenure at U of H. So I'm just throwing that out there. So the press release that Prairie View put out there is saying that Coach Justice is a great recruiter. What are your thoughts on that? That was the word that... I disagree. You heard just, silence again? I just look at U of H's That's last a- few years. Right, look I was going to ask, what did she do at U of H in terms of... Look at the success of U of H teams. I didn't see it on the well, floor. I'm talking about what were the rankings of the compu- uh, classes, anything of significance. No, no disrespect to the rankings because it's subjective. True. I look at the production on the floor, and I didn't see it. And you go to just so, about all of the games at U of H in terms of men's and women's, so you definitely have a good... So I think Coach Framework Justice in terms of what you've seen on the court. She can promote herself very well. She got the job. I wish her good luck at Prairie View. But and I do not believe she's a great evaluator of talent. That is my personal opinion. So what do what? you see in terms of uh, you've seen the SWAC. You follow the SWAC as well because you cover uh, women's basketball not only nationally in terms of what we talk about the American and UConn as we went to the Final Four last week and seeing them make history with four in a row. But you've also covered regionally, as we talked right. about uh, on this program. Where do you see them moving forward? There's some question in terms of the Browns class, that she had a pretty nice class coming in, but there's some question whether she's going to keep those. But even outside of that, because I don't know if you de- dug in that, but uh, in terms of the talent you've seen Prairie View have, it was going, in a lot of people's opinions, in the wrong direction. So that's a struggle. And then there's also some question possibly on the APR side. Right. So that can, which can really cripple the teams in terms of practice times and things of that nature. That to be said, we don't know that yet. But just in the framework of what you see and obviously of what's in the SWAC with the top programs, which I would say Texas Southern University, Southern mm-hmm. University, and Alabama State University, mm-hmm. being that Alabama State won the championship uh, tournament back-to-back yep. last year and was tied with those two other teams I just named respectively, uh, in the regular season. So that's where you got to go in terms of playing for championships in this league at this point right now. Those other three programs, those coaches are pretty stable, definitely coming back, and they're all at work bringing in pretty solid classes as well. And I I don't believe that uh, currently right now 
uh, Prairie View's hiring of Coach Justice will vault them into that top tier with Alabama State, Southern, and TSU. Uh, now, I, this I, is let, even let, more. Let me, let me say this, and then I, I can continue on. Then I'll st- uh, go back to listening. Until coaches get into this league, there's a perception. And then when they finally get in and actually start coaching against against folks and, and actually see the talent out on the floor, there's a reality point that comes in either midway to, uh, of conference play and they realize it's a fight because are you you guaranteed each team has a has a guaranteed situation of going to postseason play just because of where you sit in the realm of how an automatic bid is set up. Just win the conference tournament, you're and, and, and you're in. Get the big prize. So now, that's what you're coaching for. Once coach, uh, once the season starts, once conference play starts, we'll see whether the perception outside becomes a reality and how soon that reality comes in. Well, I think you bring up a good point. And before I go back to my follow-up question for Chris, I would like to opine the point that you're making. Oftentimes, I don't think coaches understand. Uh, at mid-majors or if they come from even high-major programs, the benefits of all the ancillary materials they have around them in terms of a a significant brand name oftentimes, facilities that are superior to just about anybody, if you're talking about the larger Power 5 branded institutions, and many of the what they refer to as mid-major programs are pushing the envelope of in terms of what they spend that many people would call mm-hmm. them major yep. programs. If you spend over the $2.5 million mark in basketball alone, those programs win 85% against those programs that spend less than that. So that tells you a lot. This mm-hmm. is a study that was done back in 2007. I would suggest that probably number, that percentage has even grown with – uh, the infusion of cast and the continued branding of those programs. So I think you make an excellent point that uh, oftentimes coaches, and in some cases ADs, don't realize um, that you also are not just talking about getting somebody that is solid, but you need to look at that fit. Mm-hmm. And oftentimes we're talking about a cultural fit. We're also talking about awareness fit. We talk about recruiting fit that you're alluding to in a lot of your frameworks of why you're concerned about this hire just from a conscientious objective objector I should say of what you've seen at U of H and what you know about the landscape in terms of the importance of recruiting kids that fit your program understand your culture with the APR because they cannot transfer in transfer out without you um, possibly getting hit from an APR standpoint which we'll talk about I'm sure a little more with what's (coughs) going on at Loyola Loyola in Chicago with swoops. So those are things that I think are important, and we're not talking about just bashing somebody. We're laying out the frameworks of what takes place. So I wanted to echo the points you made, Willie, because I think it's important that you jumped in there. The second part of my question was going to look at um, what I think is even a significant, more significant question than my first. We talked about jumping into the championship level, the, the top three, if you would, maybe four, some part people would argue. But then you have the middle tier, which at least creates some upward mobility. They can get hot in the tournament. As you talk mm-hmm. about Willie make mm-hmm. a run, we've seen that in uh, Brown's first year yeah. when she was in that four or five position, mm-hmm. made a run mm-hmm. in the tournament. She right. had a lot of the previous uh, talent and players that understood the expectation at Prairie View at the mm-hmm. time, which has under Coop 
uh, become a championship level program. Mm-hmm. Uh, her immediate assistant took over. That's now at Baylor. Um, Toyo Wilson. Toyo Wilson. In terms of what she's able to do, so that's the pedigree of this program. So I think that's going to be interesting too. If she doesn't start winning pretty early, you know how the fans are going to feel about and, that. And I will say, Coach uh, Toya Wilson, I think was a much better recruiter than yeah. Coach Justice, which is one of the reasons why <laughs> also she was uh, jumped on at Baylor. I mean, right. not just because of what she oh, could do coaching. Coach the Mulkey made a, Coach Mulkey made a point. Yes, to yeah. hire her. That was that that was a, a that was an interesting was Sunday. What she, what she did on that, so I think that's a huge framework that you sell in there in terms of where this program could be going. So to finally get to my question, is do they move? In my opinion, from the middle to the bottom. I, I think hope not. I think it's possible. Sooner rather than later, or just rather later. I mean, sooner right now when you take into account Doc's team. Touching on possible APR problems, things like that. Yes, sooner. I think the next few years give her a chance to, you know, continue yeah, the network, really, expand, and all that kind of stuff. That and we're still they looking at her coaching up. staff too. <clears throat> right, she still has to put a staff together. Now that is going to be another parameter. Now to that, look at oh the yes, in yeah, terms of right, yeah. Yep. And you, if you will be in charge, um, and. The decisions now will fall basically on you. No you question own. about it. Right. Uh, and then you have to create the culture within your program, which is interesting. And while Brown uh, was dismissed and there was obviously some friction there, I'm sure there's still some kids that were pretty loyal to you. So you got to get through that and set up that and get that mm-hmm. really going quick, make sure kids stay. Yeah. That may have been loyal to Brown. So those are some issues. You got to make sure her potential recruits find a way to stay. Mm-hmm. The assistant coach that was there that did a lot of their work, uh, <coughs> she put on uh, Instagram or Facebook, one of the social media platforms, uh, that that she had her time has come to an end at Prairie View and that she's moving on. She appreciated her time there. Wow. So that means the type of assistant is not there. Sure. Or one of the recruiting And one of the things that surprised there. me, from Prairie View's press release, there is no quote from Coach Justice. There is a quote from the AD athletic director, Ashley Robinson, but there's not a quote from Coach Justice. I don't know what to make of that, if anything. Well, I don't know whether they didn't take any. Uh, well, I, I do n- know, because n- we talked about this on our show Tuesday, that the hire uh, from the AD, Ashley Robinson, was the fact that he said he was going to surprise everybody. Um, so well, that was, a lot that of ways was it. truly actually surprised SID. It's my understanding literally SID didn't know who the coach was. Not that that's any different in other places, sure. but that could be part of the release. But wasn't it a joint press conference with Byron Smith on the men's side being introduced and Coach Judge being introduced on the women's side? His, what was the first part of the question? Wasn't it a joint press yes, conference it was, with certainly. Byron Smith on the men's yeah, side? Reintroduce and him officially. Mm-hmm. Officially. Introducing him after it was announced that he would move because from the room to there were quotes from Byron Smith, right? In the but that's my point is yeah. I think he was there, so you could have got those quotes before you released this. If this was released essentially at the time of the move, right yeah. after he got the name, I'm not sure if he would have legitimately had time to get any meaningful quotes. And so that's what I'm saying. It wasn't oftentimes, essentially, you know, the day or two before sure. you even hear some leaks of what comes right. out. This was no, no leak leaks at all. And yeah. the reason it was is because I'm 
from my understanding, nobody essentially knew except for AD and yeah. and pretty much the president and those that handle the paperwork. So if that's the case, when you do it, if you're pretty much just sending out a press release and maybe adding a quote, if they're involved with all those, you really don't get a chance to get a question, which still brings up to your point. That's not something that usually happens in regards to getting at least a statement from the new head coach. But we, I wish her well. I mean, I've known her for years uh, since her time when she was at Houston Baptist. Yeah, we yeah. actually uh, got a hint of this, and I didn't pick it up uh, when I was over at U of H the following Sunday, last Sunday, mm-hmm. essentially it was. For the uh, uh, development center? Yeah, when the assistant coach, men's side, uh, said, hey, you need to know this person. So I think he knew that she was at least probably interviewing or wanted to interview for the job. Hmm. And so that was interesting to come back and be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I have informed him. But, but yeah, I remember that as well. Um, well, let's get to, to the ridiculous. Which one? Discuss the uh, Rockets' performance Saturday versus the Golden State Warriors. Okay, tell me how your your leading scorer doesn't get double figures. I didn't see the game, so I'm, I'm asking. Ooh, James Harden scored 17 points. Dwight scored 14 points. Well, yeah, they scored. It was late. Garbage time, you know, but it was early in the game. Was a lot he didn't of turnovers. Get to the foul line. He didn't get the high you know. foul line, but you know he's had games much like this against Golden State, particularly in the playoffs. They just really know how to play him. You know, one of his advantages that he does is when he that gets him going is his ability to draw fouls going to the line and piling up those free throws, and then making uh, players defend him differently. And he tends to get much more open shots from the outside, and he gets everybody going. Then he can dish off get people into action. Well, Golden State, in terms of what they defense, one of the things they scream and make sure everybody knows is uh, as he's going to the lane, do not swing. Do not swing. Much like you see a lot of players starting to do now as they understand if mm-hmm. you have your hands uh, as you coach and tell players to get yeah. them up, it's even more important in the pros because they understand now. They engage when oh, you come yeah. up slapping. Right, yeah. Uh, you know, in high school, people not necessarily having that talent yet. You see it some with in, in college, but in the pros, they engage that as you go down. They get engaged and they exacerbate the actions in terms of their movement. Well, True. Golden State doesn't play them like that. They make sure hands are up or they let them go and make him finish oftentimes. And he can finish, but sometimes he miss, especially with all that action. So he doesn't go to the line with him and he doesn't get into his flow. And that's key how, how to defend James Harden. But uh, yesterday, first quarter, uh, 11-6 Warriors lead. Patrick Beverly tried to uh, display his fake toughness. and um, <laughs> Somebody said it. somebody got, got in, feisty yesterday. Got into it with Steph Curry. I'm a little different about that. And then I think Patrick I, Beverly I, is I, tough. I, I don't know, laughing though. No, I don't <laughs> see it as I toughness think, or fakeness. I just think that's one of the ways he's made it in the league. He, he's, yeah, yeah. He's – into it's, you aggressive, you in know his, he's his a, he's aggressive, and it doesn't bother Steph. You know Steph and Pat to go back to uh, USA basketball days, so it's you know junior, yeah, USA time. Played, so Pat, so, so Steph knows how how Patrick is. I was surprised Steph retaliated and responded the way he did, and they both got double technicals. <laughs> but then Steph scored ten points. <laughs> That's how you the rest know. of the, yeah. the first quarter, and he ended up That's, outscoring the Rockets 16-15 in that first quarter. And not playing the second half. And the Warriors uh, <laughs> led 33-15 after the first quarter, and the game was pretty much over after oh, that, yeah. despite a little mini run in the third quarter to, to get it to 15. And then the Warriors uh, put the, push, put the uh, fit, pedal, put foot on the pedal and won by 26, 104-78 to take a 1-0 lead. Uh, the, the question everybody series. wants to know: Do do Golden State 
bring out the brooms? I mean, can I, I mean, the Rockets yes, win they, a game? Well, I think the Rockets can win a game. I'm, I mean, I, I predicted Rock Warriors in five. Okay. So uh, I, I mean, I made a blog post about my, my predictions. You can go to so the yeah, you got a whole long Houston Round Bar Review dot uh, com and see the predictions. <laughs> I don't have to. Um, <laughs> I don't have to. I mean, they they you know, Rocks won, won uh, a game last year. True. You know, they made. 15, 17 three pointers in their win last year over the Warriors. When they do play, much it'll it'll take something like that for them to get the job done. But uh, JB Bickerstaff started Corey Brewer. You went kind of small with Brewer in the lineup with a Reezer and trying to speed it up. And uh, Beverly and Harden, you speed it up, and it failed miserably. <laughs> when you have Corey Brewer continuing to shoot three pointers. He's 0 for his last 20. Yeah. Okay, well, let me he ask. He hasn't made a three-pointer since March 25th. Let me ask this question then. Was Michael Beasley in the rotation yesterday? Michael Beasley, he played yesterday. Well, I, he played, played really well. But but Michael Beasley does not play any defense. Right. So the Rockets. He can. They, they scored. No, he can't. No, what? He can. We, we, we all can. He doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know about this can. You know. <laughs> He's not even all, all, all of us can. Right. You have to be willing to play defense, as you as you know, coach. Oh yeah, that's just, that, I, that, that's my point. Yeah, that's my point. Sure, he can, but you know he doesn't. Like just like James Harden can, and but that's he my doesn't. Point. The Rockets scored seventy eight points yesterday. James Harden had a plus minus of minus twenty seven, which is the worst of everybody who played yesterday. So yeah, uh, what, do they win a game? I don't see it. And I will admit, no, I didn't see the game yesterday. I didn't watch it. I was busy doing something else, um, which was more important. But going on what I saw of the scores and what transpired, you know, afterwards when you're getting reports back, especially online, Twitter and all, folks were questioning was a bigger staff. First thing he did was went straight to the coach and was he in over his head? Yes. Okay. Then two, how listless the Rockets looked defensively, which was the two things that I that, that I don't I, know if that much is bigger staff. A lot of that is, <laughs> or even the players. I just think Golden State is that good. I mean, as you said, defense is a want to, but. They haven't really played defense all year, so I'm, I don't believe that's something that you can just and, turn on either. But the numbers, the second half numbers, in, will are skewed to indicate that the Rockets have uh, or improved to top ten defensively the second half of the season. Right. But but once again, I look at you know the numbers being skewed based on opponents, things of that sort against the good teams. The Rockets' defense is not very good. Exactly. Well, I'm gonna put well, they, they, had been, they I, I, hadn't been that way all season just because of you know, the, 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 the I think game. the first game back, we know the, the Toyota Center will be rocking, uh, but it's not going to be enough. Uh, even with the Steph injury, which I just don't see as serious with all the reports I'm getting. He's uh, he's questionable for game two. And they put that up very his, early. Of his right ankle. And it wouldn't shock me if he doesn't play a game. With well, the role, he and stepped the Warriors, on somebody, and what? the Warriors could still win the game without him playing. I agree with that. And that would be well. scary. And, and if that happens, that would be truly scary. The Rocks will get swept. Right. I, I believe that could happen, but I believe he's going to play. <clears throat> I think they're being pretty upfront and they're just being cautious. Um, but everything indicates that it wasn't that serious of a rolling ankle. They were just more cautious in terms of. 
them having control of the first game was no reason to put him back. Well, well let me ask this question. Definitely and the whole and fourth this just being part of the It was 60-33 at halftime. Uh, when 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 Steph had the ankle injury, was there a hush over the crowd? To, to it was a hush over Twitter. <laughs> really? Yeah, it was yes. a hush over the, the whole oh, basketball yeah. world. Warriors yeah. were concerned. Warriors fans were concerned. Sure. Yeah, because you're afraid of, and this, if you're a fan of basketball, you're concerned. you know this Even being a, a a reoccurrence of his you know previous ankle issues that yeah. he had his first few years in the league. Sure. You're talking about one of the greatest seasons and greatest runs suddenly coming to the end. You at least want to watch it, whether somebody beats him, San Antonio, all the Rockets find a way to just miracle turn it on, yeah. or the Cleveland. Uh, you know, and, and injuries are a part of sports. Yeah, that's absolutely. And you know, Steph goes is unable to play. Then there won't be a, an asterisk by the playoffs if the Cavs or the Spurs or whoever it is win the championship and the Warriors well, I, don't. I, I see a sweep. You know? I think he's going to play. If he doesn't, I'll go to five. But yeah. I still think they're going to get it done. But, you know, for example, if Steph suffered a severely sprained ankle and he could not play the rest of the playoffs and the Warriors are eliminated, history will not say five years from now, well, you know Steph didn't play in that, in that first-round series, whatever series, second round, third round, whatever. History won't care. He didn't play it, and the Warriors lost because injuries are a part of sports. That's true. You know, folks can say all this, that, and the other. You for know. example, you have Bradley that is pretty much gone. Maybe Bradley's done for the first the round against the Celtics' yeah. uh, first-round series, yeah. yeah. He got hurt it's part of it. Hamstring. Which, Which is certainly going to change that series. Uh, many people f- felt that Boston could win that. I believe mm-hmm. they could win that. They obviously lost that game after kind of coming coming back. Oh yeah, coming back. Racing losing Hawks, by one third quarter uh, third quarter lead. Yeah, but I think it's uh, serious going to be difficult for them to do without Bradley. You know, the best defensive player. And all right. Well, Doc touched on this. Few minutes ago. Before we get there, I do want to talk yes. about a couple more of the NBA sure. games, and right. then we'll get in that section. I think uh, we just looted. Uh, want to talk about my to, Pistons? Yeah, the Piston game okay. today. Now mm-hmm. played I, a great game. Uh, they played a good forty minutes. Yeah. Well, let me ask. That's the, the problem. You the game have to play forty-eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, forty-eight minutes. Like, like I asked Doc earlier when I walked in, um, was there a, a not so much a listless situation, but more of a this uh, joining look at, at the no, way Cleveland I mean, approached just, the no, game. No, Detroit just Detroit, played well. Detroit took it to the Cavaliers. Yeah, they played well. They, they shot they shot 50% just, in the ball game. Detroit took it to the Cavaliers. They, were 60 for they the first answered half. every Cav run until the fourth quarter. Last five minutes of the fourth last quarter. Last five minutes. Detroit answered every run th- Cleveland threw at them. It looks like Cleveland turned it up just a bit in terms of a defensive stance with one shot clock violation. And then a couple of bad shots and turnovers. And Cavs that was the difference. committed had- four turnovers in the ball game. Detroit committed ten. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Stop. 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 stop, stop. And a lot of those turnovers yeah. for the Pistons four, were in the second 14 half. Fourteen turnovers total between two teams mm-hmm. in a playoff situation. And the Rockets completed twenty-four yesterday. Just move forward because that, that answers a Warriors lot of questions. 18, but yeah, that that answers a lot of questions. Yeah. It was a well-played game. The Pistons shot 51% from the field, 52% from the three. It was nice. They shot less from three in the the second half when the Cavs tightened up the defense and the Pistons didn't make any adjustments. Good good enough adjustments. Folks just don't appreciate what I just heard. Don't really understand the game of basketball because in a playoff situation – 
pro players, you're trying to get it all, match, make it all work, and only 14 turnovers totally between two teams in a, a nuts and bolts and a yeah. grinding situation. That's true. That is an attribute to the players on the floor. It's a well-played game. And, and the coaches on the, on the sideline. Yeah, it's a well-played game. Great point you bring up. You know, and, as, as, and I'm, I have no problems admitting this, acknowledging this, as a Pistons fan of 30-some years, I was proud to see how well they, the young fellas played today. Disappointed that they didn't finish it out and close out the deal because they had a chance to let it going into the fourth quarter. So the future is bright for you, very bright. Oh, no, not no doubt. The starting five is average age is twenty five. Oh and yeah, yeah. It's not even that. The oldest player I think is twenty five in starting five. You got twenty two, twenty one, and twenty four, and then yeah. twenty six and twenty. I think something like that. Yep, that's yeah. twenty five. Yeah. And your rookie come off the bench at nineteen. So yeah, I'm, yeah. If you're a Detroit fan, you don't feel good about that game because you feel that you let one slip away but in terms of the future and the way they play that game you're smiling a little bit you say yeah because yeah, you want one Detroit basketball yeah. you, you want yeah, one and going home Ke- Kevin Love LeBron James Kyrie Irving combined for 80 points 80 of the Cavs 106 it's back, it's back. so so you know the rest of the games I'm, I don't think we have to discuss they were all pretty much blowouts including the one that's going on now uh, which is Miami and Charlotte 80 to 56 mm-hmm. and so Charlotte's getting a wake up call and so you have those games, you have San Antonio, Memphis tonight. I'll be intrigued about watching that matchup. And then obviously intrigued at, at what what Memphis has left to put on the floor. Oh yeah, well they'll. I'll watch the first part of it, yeah. but I think they're going to roll away. Like I got Spurs in four. That's, that's a sweep. I, I think that's a sweep. Memphis, well. Memphis is down to like five healthy bodies. When I said intrigued, you know, I mean I just want to watch it. I want to watch Spurs like, and, and excellence. Well, I just want to watch the NBA basketball. Yeah, yeah, I like yeah. the way they move. <laughs> And then you had a Portland uh, that, that Clippers. That should be a good – that should be a fun series. Nah, Portland Clippers should be a fun series. Yeah. Style of play should be up and up and down. should yeah. be a fun series to watch. You're wondering when Blake will come back. But, uh, I mean, he played a little bit coming, you know, right. down the stretch. Well, but, well, you know, yeah. Let me ask you, has he done enough on-floor on situations for him to start to, like, be, he should be, he should not, not so be much in the rotation, but to at be a dominant added, level. Added, no, he should added, not be at a dominant level anymore. Yeah, he'll play into that dominance if he can get the longer. Yeah, the longer they play, the longer they advance, okay. the, better, the better he'll he, he should get. I agree totally. But you know, you look at it yesterday with what the Thunder did to the Mavericks. Man, the Mavs look old. <laughs> right. Wow. I mean, immediately look old and out, outclassed. Yes. And yes. Yes. now, for whatever reason, that there's a game that I watched. Oklahoma. That, that was right. You know, but, and thus far, um, it wasn't good. Indiana is the only road team to win. Now, in Paul the George, round. I love uh, his game. Does Toronto again have problems in terms of getting out of this? So season? far, yeah. When, when Kyle Lowry and your best two players don't play up to their but I'm saying, level, is you think that they're going to start? I pick Raptors win the series. You think they're going to find a way to get it done, or are they going to crash and burn? I got like to stick to my prediction, but you know, based on game one. No, I'm, you're going to stick know, to your yeah. prediction, but do you have major concerns? Or you I mean, like, I do. I have yeah, I have, to have concerns, but the Pacers were so inconsistent this season and down the stretch. You don't know if they'll crater in game two or continue and win game two and put the pressure on but the Raptors. They may be okay right have now. Concerns? I do. Toronto? Only because. They hadn't corrected some things as a team, not so much as a coach, but as a team on the floor. When when there's a, like a two minute or four minute situation where they've got to either make a stop or a run to 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 move forward and get beyond 
You know, it's a lot of pressure now. Must two, must win two, game two. And folks don't realize what that Last is. Two minutes and four minutes. We go to Loyola. I know you want to get that craziness there, and some other things. Uh, it's Portland. I think Portland's another young team, similar yep. to Detroit. That mm-hmm. you want to, for those listeners out there, want to keep their eyes on the young CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard a lot at backcourt. Yep. yep, they live by the three. So we'll. Die by See if they can live by it or die by it yep. against the Clippers. <laughs> so, yeah. Which makes what the Warriors have done this year and last year so exceptional Impressive. because they're living by the three. Literally. Because Literally. All the way to a championship. They have shooters. Best real shooters. As opposed to scorers. The, war, the Rockets mentality, the analytics viewpoint In terms of, of volume. Yeah, yeah. we're just going to launch a lot of threes, shoot a poor percentage. But because he takes so many of them, we're gonna figure we make a f- enough to to counter off the t- so quantity it, over quality. Yeah. So, oh, Mr. Well. Alexander, if oh, you're yeah. listening to our podcast, perhaps if you got better shooters, quality to go with your quantity, quantity, you'd have better results instead of having guys like Corey Brewer go over twenty from three and get guys who actually make threes at a higher percentage. You'd have better results. Great point. So instead of going over to China to get Michael Beasley, Patrick Beverly, Andrew Goudlock, who else am I forgetting uh, for the Rockets? That's the last three pe- people B- Maury has acquired, draft, signed via free agency from overseas to come have a two of those who had impact on the Rockets rotation. Andrew Goudlock is probably not going to have a major mm-hmm. impact in the backcourt. But when you sign someone overseas – Michael Beasley, and he comes in and becomes your legitimately your second best scorer immediately. Yeah, that says a lot problem. about you your, your current roster. Yes, some problem. So if Les would look at it from that perspective, I think he would be justified in getting rid of Daryl Morey, rather than saying, "I'm going to evaluate everybody, but Daryl's going to stay." Now, the, the Rockets have had how much success in ten years under Morey's tenure? Last year. One uh, one year, yeah. That's out of it. ten years, they've gotten out of the first round. How many times? Twice. Yeah, because it was Yow's last year. Twice. And, okay. And, and it's uh, when and he broke his foot because he broke his foot. And in then the last, okay. And then last year, that's it. So they've gotten no further since then. And how many first round draft picks under Daryl Morey have had an impact on the Rocket squad? I think it's only one, and that is Yow. Was 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 Yao Daryl Morley or Carol Dawson? Daryl was assistant. If he wasn't DGM, he was still. So Rudy and Daryl made. uh, I mean, Rudy and uh, and uh, CD made that decision. Possibly. Well, then if if that's the case, I'm be honest with you. I'm not giving him credit that he don't deserve now. So if that's the case, I'm not going to be giving him that kind of credit because that's that's a major. So so you say that's a game changer. So you say none. Yeah. So let's look and see. That apparently. Because that's y'all is the, the most. Daryl Moore has been GM of the Rockets for ten years, so that would be two thousand seven, two thousand six. Oh, well, then no, nah, that's Carol and, uh, and Rudy got so, that yeah, done. So yeah, I mean it was before. That's it. So you are correct. That ain't hey. I'm just so that fine. means no. Ain't happen. First round picks under Daryl Moore have had an impact for the Rockets. Not a one. He's traded. Every so week. there's no win world. From my perspective, you could justify. Keeping a general manager who's had zero success with first round draft picks in his tenure, and your, he looks he looks at these first round picks as assets to for trades and to, <laughs> to acquire talent. That way, he's had more success in the second round. Chandler Parsons, you know, 
was right. one of them. But the first round picks, and no success. And Chandler is the only one that has the only draft high draft pick that has made a significant contribution to the team overall. And it's not a personal thing against Daryl Moore. I don't know Daryl Moore. I've interviewed him a few times, but I don't know him. His he he has his philosophy, he, which he believes in. Personally, from what I see, hasn't it hasn't worked. So if it hasn't worked, maybe it's time to try something different. Because honestly, the Rockets have been average for ten years. Moore does not believe in tanking and being bad enough to get a top three lottery pick. He doesn't believe in that. He believes in acquiring talent through trades, on imp- freeing up salary cap room, and getting an, a top notch free agent. But the end re- the end result is they've had they caught lighting in a bottle last year reached the Western Conference Finals, and that's fine. But that's one year out of ten. So if Les Alexander is okay with that, then stick with him. <laughs> but I also know Daryl Morey passed up on Kawhi Leonard. Yes. Because I think the analytics did not show Kawhi Leonard having a major impact on the NBA landscape. Personally, when I saw him playing college, I was convinced Without question. he was going to be the real deal. Hmm. Interesting. Got to know how to read see talent. Got to know how to see talent. And this is the same Rockets that thought uh, Marcus Morris, who they drafted instead of Kawhi Leonard, would be better suited to be a power forward sometimes rather than a small forward. Marcus Morris is not playing well for the Pistons. That's small forward. That's small forward. But anyhow, just throwing those little nuggets of information out there for for Rocket fans Speaking and listeners of, of these podcasts, yes, sir. Since the demise of the Sixers, uh, a disciple I know, you of Daryl Morey, you know about that Mr. This week. Sam Hinkie, a disciple of Daryl Morey. That was an interesting uh, uh, that was paperwork a that he he exit his thirteen-page resignation. <laughs> his exit letter was was and it, analytics <laughs> going bad. <laughs> <laughs> Doc, they, you wrote you wrote enough for a dissertation to be read. No, he ain't not 13 pages. That's not this dissertation. Maybe a chapter. What was it? Introduction, maybe. What was it there? Because that's a lot of pages for, for an exit letter. Yeah, introduction in the chapter for an exit letter is more than what most people are willing to read, such as myself. Uh, he tried. He tried. He tried too much. Yeah. He let everybody know how smart he was. And I'll, kind of, I guess I'll, I'll admit this. I was kind of arrogant. And that I wasn't did not get any response. I put when this thirteen page resignation was made known, I put on Twitter, Hey Sam, this is Daryl, give me a call. Got no response. It even from a little troll or whatever comment, ha ha, laugh or, or you know the, You didn't get a troll? You were wrong for that statement, K you, you didn't get a troll and why you put that out there. It, you didn't get a troll? You know It flew over most people's heads. Uh, you know, apparently I, I guess it did because the last couple of years when Maury wanted to make a trade, he involved the Sixers. That is true. He involved Sam Hinkie because they were, were tight. Yeah. So Sam Hinkie is no longer employed. So he bring, bring Sam back to – that may be one of the changes Les has in the front office, bringing back Sam Hinkie to uh, add more analytics to the Rockets front <laughs> okay, office. Okay, well then, who do you remove then? Are you, do you just create a, a position? Not create a position. That's all create they had to create a position. You know, you just create a... which would just, if they do that, 
just add to their belief in analytics. And that's fine. You can be adamant in your conviction. But to me, it's not working. So if it's not working, changes need to be made. And somebody has said that quite a bit these days. The old ways, the ways you've been doing things, it's not been working. You know, so you need I, I to, like numbers. I believe in numbers. Well, doc, and doc, doc is a data doctor for a reason. But but his the rockets, doc's numbers works now. The rockets the results work. <laughs> have not worked. Right. Part of my numbers is because it's not pure analytics. It's a little bit. It's analytics with practical. There you go. Application. There we go. Reasoning. So the layman can understand what's going on. Yeah. Because the layman does not understand what's going on with the rocket. And fans and, are just fans. And analytics really c- cannot judge chemistry, heart. Something that Barkley says all Execution, the time. how players fit together, how coaches handle players. You know, diff- there's a whole bunch of other things well, I involved. Think, I think it can. I think analytics. If you look at it if you that look way. At it, that's the problem. I don't think. I don't believe the Rockets have done that look, enough. Yeah, have created a formula that uses analytics to look at that humanization, if you will, yes. and those factors uh, that come into play. And let's look. Let's let's just go back to Ty Loss. We'll get the swoops in a second. When the Rockets acquired Ty Loss via trade, Daryl Morey, Kevin McHale, both said, "We got Ty Lawson to help take the ball out of James Harden's hands and make life easier for James so he doesn't have to do so much so he can play more at the two guard at the off guard spot rather than be the point guard and do everything that was what they said over and over and over apparently they did not tell James Harden that <laughs> So how did because think? James Harden when Ty Loss was on the floor the ball was in James Harden's hands 90% of the time so if that's the case, Ty Lawson's best skill has it's been not, removed. Yeah, it's not being utilized. So it's exactly. So there was a disconnect from the jump between among Maury, McHale, and Harden Absolutely. right there. Absolutely. Which is a reason for the slow start and why Ty Lawson just never fit here with the Rockets and this roster and lineup the way things are Situated. All right. Headline. Cheryl Swoop's team investigated after players quit in mass. First sentence, paragraph, whatever you want to call it. Loyola University plans to investigate its women's basketball program after allegations of player mistreatment surfaced involving the team coached by Cheryl Swoops. Let me see here. This past season, the details of the allegations have not been released, but team spokesman Leo Krause confirmed that 10 of the 12 players that were expected to return from the current team have been granted or asked for releases to transfer from Loyola. This, those 10 are in addition to the four from last offseason who so asked to transfer so that's or be 14 released. out of... What, 15 scholarships? If they had the full full maximum, you know, full 15. Correct. It's a lot. 
Even if and they're not full scholars. Swoops has been at L- Loyola for three seasons. She has a record of 31 and 62. Have they? I think this season was a was the best record. Okay, that's what uh, I was think. asking. All right. At some point, you've got to look at this. The president has to look at the staff. Uh, AD should, uh, should have been aware of some situation, something going on before now. It, it, it should have, just because of what, what how the office. Some of these, some schools' offices work. I know you, Doc. I know you, your mind and all like working right now because I'm, I'm, I'm a clear path. I ain't gonna be, ain't be clouded up. I ain't gonna be clouded up. Cause I ain't gonna be clouded up. I ain't got time for it to be clouded up because that says more about what's going on internally that should have before now somebody should have said something because it's one thing to get four to leave, and that's because you caught uh, and that and that ranks with clearing house when you come in and finding a place for them to go. Goes back to the, what I mentioned the other day. Unlike the women's program had been in the past where they could just make changes and all full, pretty much full scale. And that was the, just the, the, to to balance out and, and try and get competition and all and team, the, the program is getting a chance to, to like build up and get going. Now Everybody's on the same page, and the one thing that sticks out that we we all know, at least three of us for sure, when a kid asks for a transfer or release from the scholarship, the staff of the school that they're enrolled at must find them another place to go. D1. If they, if they D1 don't want to lose the APR. Yeah. Division one level. The reason I asked, I mentioned, made mention about you know, not maybe not understanding the total part of what that means until it's too late. That will bite you, because now I've, I've noticed some contracts and all. Some of these coaches, especially on the women's side, because it's easier to make those changes and all, using that as a way to move a coaching staff along, out of the way, because they didn't understand APR, they didn't understand the movement of. of Kids going from one school to the other, and you're on the clock. You're on the hook for the for two years minimum. I got you. all it sounds good. No, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just saying because I'm giving her I'm giving her the benefit of the doubt. That's my point. That's all I was gonna say. You giving her the benefit of the doubt because she had. I know that she's a favorite of yours. No, they, they're not so much that, but it's, it's almost Texas like not State. understanding what's let me, going on. Let me finish. All right, and that she won the four championship here in Houston with the Comets. She won at Texas Tech. Hall of Famer. Yeah. That's what I said before that. Yeah. Texas Tech. Yeah. She, she scored, set the reunion first reunion record have, on my birthday. First woman to have her own shoe. She yeah, that's talented. true. Yeah. But with all that being said, where was the coaching experience? None. None, no head coaching experience. Yeah. So with that in mind, and okay. I'm not saying that you can't do that for a coach. I mean, there's With some the right coaches, staff, sure. But you need to make sure the right staff is in place. And you need to make sure as an organization you're prepared to do what's necessary for her to understand Hold that how real quick. you operate at the collegiate level. Hold that thought real quick, obviously Doc. not something I agree because with. Because I but. think, I think that on her on last season's staff, she had an assistant coach who left, and that assistant used to be at U of H, and she's now somewhere else. So she was not on this staff this year, so this past season. So perhaps, 
So basically, what you're saying is the, the when the four she could left, have seen things back that she didn't like then, which and that's why she left. Exactly. All right, now, so that's so the, that's why I'm saying there's some major concerns here. And as much as I got on the last coach over there at SMU, I have the same problems. It is a different day where coaches think they can say and do whatever to young people just because their name uh, begins with the sir, madam of coach. I'm, I'm listening. The big C. Because okay. you have to create relationships and there has to be a level of respect, a mutual respect. And here is that what I'm is doing being things for your best interest. Right. Not just for my best interest. That some team members elected to leave because they took issue with Swoop's treatment of individual players. Relationship. Not down. I just, that was the other thing that was going to. You know, it's, uh, I was going to bring up at some point. It's been a bad time women's coaches, women's basketball coaches in the last two weeks. And, and you and I got a – well, I take that back to three Tyler of us. Summit, uh, a whole other di- disaster. The guy down in Florida International. Yeah. Uh, Marlon Chin, who uh, had fantasies about a player uh, and left voice messages and things like that, 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 that for was the like, player to hear. That was and that, that was reported conversation that he, I can't stop thinking about you. That's jumping off into the uh, really to, to the canyon. Yeah, I hope he's that's jump, that's jumping off into the Grand that, Canyon now. That move to the basket, so the score. That wasn't what the the recordings indicated. Okay, no, <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> I mean he just like was drunk in love or something, lust, and has no leg to stand on based on the recordings that I've heard, wow. you know, the and, and transcripts from those recordings. Somebody, somebody mentioned it in one of my circles and I wanted somebody mentioned it like, Jerry, had you heard that? Like, please not another situation. They said, no, it's worse than that. Said it, 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 and, the, it, and the Tyler at Tennessee, that just... Well, at La Tech. From Tennessee. From Tennessee. That bothered me more than in, anything else. I'm, impregnating I, a, a player. Rumor to be a player, you know. Well, not only your head coach, it, but he's married. Yes. Yeah. Player who transferred from Marquette when he was on staff at Marquette. One of two. Drunk. Well, the other one put up Instagram picture. I'm not showing everybody. I'm not pregnant. I'm not, I'm not the one. Yeah. Because there's two players transferred from yeah. Marquette when Tyler joined La Tech. <laughs> and and wow. she said, I'm not the one. Here's my picture. You can see me right now. I'm not the one. I'm, I ain't pregnant. Yeah. The other one ain't heard from her. Ain't seen. She got off Twitter. Gone. She got all, all off social media. Yeah. I'm sure. So. Has gone underground. indicates. Draw your own conclusions. Yes. So he apparently got her pregnant, apologized from, you know, his his failures, indiscretions, his infidelity. Her. So him, Swoops, Marlon Chin, Tyler Summit, Connie Yuri resigned at Nebraska as women head coach after being head coach for 14 years at Nebraska. And taking them to the place they had been before. Yes. Literally. Un- just, she totally rebuilt that eight. program. And... The reason see, I, I want to find the, the term for it. Uh, what is this for? Let, let <coughs> me see. Uh, let me just read a quote yeah, she, from she the AD. We are aware of allegations involving our women's basketball program. And since it, it is an employee personal matter and involves our students' privacy, we cannot provide details. Nebraska Athletic Director Sean Eichhorst told uh, the Lincoln Journal Star. Huh? Yori had been the subject of a two-month investigation amid allegations that she mistreated players. Multiple sources told the paper that players complained to school athletic administrators earlier this year about Yori's treatment of players, 
which included bullying and intimidating. Doc, they go back to what I said. I just, it goes back to relationships. Now, one question I do have is I am curious uh, for when, they, when we're talking about this bullying, how much of this is a gender issue in terms of how individuals look at women complaining about their coaches sure. versus men complaining about their coaches. From that standpoint, I think it is a disservice that men on their side are not taking it serious in the fact that women may be taking even more serious, which needs to be done. But the equality and the equalness and the equity of those. Well, let's not. Well, let's, okay, let's well, let, me, let, let, me, well, let me give a reference to where people can, can kind of like sort this out on their own. Conducting practice and in game coaching is totally different. Because um, I conduct practice differently than what I do during a game. In a game situation, I'm looking to get the push buttons and kind of like get a chemistry going or get a flow going. And when I call a timeout, whether it's a, uh, a 30 second or a full timeout, I'm not looking at how much time and all I have. I'm looking at how to resolve what I just saw on the floor and when they come off the floor and they're sitting in it. And right, and in I, front I, of I don't. I want to be mindful. I'm not talking about actual X's and O's. I'm talking well, about where you get into this is I'm talking about the relationship, and I think that's where a lot of this gets confused. People look at coaches and say coaches should be able to involved there and not to mention we didn't mention what happened at Prairie View in terms of Brown being fired. Sure. We need to throw that in there as well. Title nine issue about Title nine issues. Two players involved in a relationship. And how do you deal with those issues? But I'm saying particularly um a lot of how coaches are able to treat players is based on the sincerity of that relationship. Most players and you know this Want to believe in somebody that's going to help them get better. Yeah. Oh, yes. They, they want to know that's what they want. a player. That ain't getting it done. That, that's not going to work. That ain't getting and it done. And I'm not saying that a coach uh, cannot cuss at a player. But they it needs to be in a way that the player understands Man. the type of relationship. Well, I, I get that because oh. – I, I, and I would say this because I, I've, I've, met, I've met with a lot of coaches who are gone now. I only know, me personally, two coaches that never had a harsh word to say in a practice. No, I wouldn't. No, 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 He didn't swear, though. Let that go. John McClendon had just recently was placed in the Hall of Fame as a coach. Dean Smith. Well overdue. John McClendon, as I said, he did it. Dean Smith and Coach Jackie B. Carr. Only two coaches that I know personally, that I broke bread with, that never had a harsh word in practice. In practice or game situation, it didn't matter. Both of them call a timeout, conduct practice. No matter what happened, they just like, okay, let's let's. They were smooth, they, even they, kill. Just, yes. And we all understood that. Okay, and let me just add to this. It seems like it's not bashing. We are shining light on problems in that, women's that's, college that's basketball. Been that's been there for Duke, a while. women's basketball. Oh, Duke. man. That was the worst pitch I've seen a coach pee. Is reviewing the women's basketball program, which has seen three players leave the team since the middle of the 2015-2016 season. The school issued a statement saying Coach Joanne P. McCauley is aware of the evaluation and eager to assist. Quote, the welfare and success of our student-athletes are among Duke's highest priorities, the university statement said 
This effort is led by a Duke Human Resources professional outside the athletics department. Two players, Azaray Stevens and Angela Salvadoris, announced after the season that they were leaving the program. Guard Sierra Calhoun left midway through last season, transferring to Ohio State. And let me say this. Azaray Stevens was one of the best players in the athletic in the, in, in the ACC. Right. She averaged 19 and 10 as a sophomore. So for her to leave. Then you had the other. Uh, what's the. Says something. Something is going on. Yeah. For her to leave. Yeah. Where did she transfer to? She has. I don't believe she made a decision yet. And remember just a year ago, or was it two years ago, you had the player. That was from what? Carolina? Alexis, Alexis Jones. Yeah. Transferred from Duke to Baylor. Um, hmm. transfer from North Carolina, uh, Diamond, a uh, Diamond, Diamond the Shield. Yeah, transfer from North Carolina to Tennessee. I, I think there's an intriguing component. Would be an interesting research study to to try to sparse this out because we know on the inside that there are a lot of transfers. Sure. Now, oftentimes on that part, um, you just really don't go into the intersection of why it's no because you just look at other you just other look factors. at the numbers. You, you look at other factors, and you automatically look at other factors. And then I also wonder. In our society, um, it's not looked on very well when men complain. True. For whatever they're reason. Seen, they're yeah. seen as criers, whiners, right. and complainers, right. whatever. So I wonder on the men's side in a lot of ways, while they may exit or whatever, uh-huh. they don't necessarily go to administration and tell why they're exiting. They just it, ask it, for it, their it, papers. It, a lot of times the yeah. coaches will say, all right, I'll let you go. And we see a lot of times the coaches – which is one part that I do argue about, you know, when, create when, all these rules re, of where and restrictions, how they, yeah. restrictions where, of where they go. can't go. And, again, we kind of overlook Well, let's, thank you, Doc. Thank you very much. Let's just get into this real quick. It was, it was an issue one with, more with person. Diamond uh, Shield, where she would go. Taya, Taya Raymer from Notre Dame transferred to Michigan State, announced that she was going to go to Michigan State. She left Notre Dame, uh, I think, in December for whatever reasons. Some Last year she left for a little bit, cited personal reasons. And then she came back to the team last year, but this year she left again. And this time she said, I'm not going back to Notre Dame. I'm going to transfer <laughs> to Michigan State. But, gentleman's name, Chris Beard, head coach. This is the hypocrisy of the NCAA at its finest. Really? Chris Beard was hired. Let me get this right. Hired at UNLV. <laughs> as a men's basketball head coach. No wins. Six days later, he decided to leave UNLV and go become the head coach at Texas Tech. So he's introduced. Not, not, he hadn't even fell out. No repercussions. Not surprising. Less than a week. That's no not repercussions. The, he's not the first. He's not the first coach that's done that. It won't be the last. He signed a five-year contract at UNLV and left a week later to go to Texas Tech. No repercussions. Player X wants decides to, I want to transfer from school X because Coach X, who recruited me, Ain't that no more. is no longer there. I have to sit out a year to transfer. But Coach X can leave within seven days of signing a contract and go to a new school and everybody sign with that. That's right. Won't say nothing. We didn't get a peep. Only folks that's going to get mad be the administrators. That's it. And UNLV threw some rocks at 
Chris B. Oh, yeah. believe and all that kind of stuff. They're supposed to. But the NTA has but not they went around and did the same thing with the New Mexico and got Yeah, the went and hired the New Mexico State head coach. Took them, took his coach <laughs> and hired him immediately. Not assistant, but the head. Hey. NTA has no problem with, the coaches, with move. coaches moving around left and right all day long. Signed contracts and but everything. But a, a player wants to do what's in the best interest of him or her, well, you got to sit out a year. And then a school, uh, then a, that school can still say, yeah, you can sit out a year, plus we can tell you where you can't go. And that's okay. Yep. According to. According to. That's correct. The rules that's, and the bylaws of the NCAA. And fans eat that crap up. Not enough of them complain about it. Media, now too, most of the men's basketball especially. Yeah. Credit. They have voiced displeasure and concern about the hypocrisy of this for a while. Because right. that's been a big issue. Nothing's been done about it. But at least their voice. But they've, huh? they're voicing their, they're pointing out the hypocrisy of it. On a positive note. Really? I want you to touch on this because uh, you have a relationship with this gentleman. Tubby Smith. Yep. Is the new head coach <laughs> at Memphis. He died. Left Texas Tech. Be careful. Don't talking. okay. Don't go into two, no, anything, no, okay, no. anything we, off the we, record because no. I know how you are sometimes. No. <laughs> so hey, hey, lit. No, he and I talked at and the a, uh, found a good contract. The, oh, because let me say this too. At the NBC Awards uh, uh, banquet, so you know it's, we didn't we didn't talk about moving around. We just talked about when I was because everybody was back in the day. Back yeah. in the day when I was coaching summer league, yeah. uh, Jesse Evans. Uh, uh, where is he? Uh, Where is Coach Evans? Coach Evans is in the process. He's doing some scouting now okay. and some. some he was camp. in it for a while. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh, he's he's got some things working. He says he's going to get back into it uh, more so on a assistant coach level instead of a head coach. He says he's just looking at some things. But Tubby, uh, he's happy. He well, he was happy where he was and all. Sure. And and the program was was in the process of making a move from where he when he got yep. there but he to, went to the NCAA he was tournament. not he went to the NCAA tournament this year yep but i'm pretty sure he did not get a 5 year 15.4 million dollar deal from Texas you know Tech. what memphis memphis t- it tickles me because that's a strange place i don't know whether they found money before calipari got there uh, uh, money was already they there. They have just, money. They just don't want to spend it on certain. Well, they folks. have money, and a lot of these schools. We also need to look at oftentimes like this type of program. When you see a quote unquote mid major, a program that's not getting the money uh, from the television money compared to the Power Five, the well branded. Yeah, I got. I got you. I, I like got to you. separate. I understand all of that. that. Yeah. Yeah. We also have to remember one of the huge benefactors uh, is FedEx. Oh yes, a multi-billion well, dollar industry. And trust so me, if he's putting up the money that can get you yeah, pretty much whoever you want. want. Yeah. In this case, so you can become, like we said, one of those two point five million dollar programs, twenty million dollar programs in terms of foot, overall budget. Mm-hmm. Back to the two thousand seven study, a two point five million it puts you in a threshold where you're equal to these power five conferences. And I think this is another case where somebody really has a great deal of interest. Remember, this is the same guy that put out the proposal and tried to push the issue with Memphis getting into the Big 12 and saying that they would, you know, do something monetarily to help uh, flush out that experience. So I think in a lot of cases that's what you have here. And when you look at the money, you're exactly right. It was a huge way. He left uh, Minnesota making like 2.3. Yeah. When he went out, left out of there to go to uh, Texas Tech, I think the salary is around $1.34 million, and now he's back at 2.3. $3 million, almost a $1 million raise. 
So I'm sure financially he's happy as well. Yeah, because I think this the, tells me the whole framework that I was discussing earlier with the NCAA. Because I think his lowest contract that I can remember, uh, and this this is going back a ways, when he was at Tulsa, and he's moved from there to Kentucky, Georgia, Minnesota, Texas Tech, and now Memphis. Right. So he's at Georgia after Kentucky. Yeah. And keep in mind, Tubby is replacing Josh Pastner, who left Memphis. Dude, he left that running. Georgia Tech. He left that running. Oh, that's a smart move for him. He's ahead of the curve. Got more money. Got a yeah. new set of time to get it right. Yeah. And this is a program where many people were concerned that he was not moving the program forward anymore. I mean, he so Memphis. He had a ten million dollar buyout at Memphis, but no, he ten point five million. He realized. He realized that. They wanted yeah. him gone. Yeah. yeah, he wasn't. It wasn't the best fit for him. Yeah. So he got out while he could. Went to Georgia Tech. Can rebuild. Start over. Yeah. Even if he gave half the money back from the two million dollar buyout, he got Georgia Tech to say, "Let's do half of it." Sure. Five million dollars. So he had what two or three years left on this contract. Yeah. Now he starts over essentially with a five year contract. After your first year, you know you're going to add another one. So they won't unless he just falls apart year three or four. He's going to get. Five years, six years guaranteed of money there. So even on that side, he's still at a positive. And once again, any players involved at those schools, if they decide to transfer, sit out a year. Sit out a year. You know, and it's inter- the other part and of this. And the coach has a chance to evaluate, which we just seen with what happened in football. Yes. With the Alabama coach going to Georgia, football player wanted to go down to Miami, Miami right. to follow the coach. Oh, no, you can't do that. No. And the other part of this. Notice how all of these basketball coaches and this, changes happen. And what's interesting the, the to me, season. what's interesting to me, in a lot of ways, it's not just the institutions that do this. This is literally the coaches that control this. Yeah. Because Georgia, Georgia had a policy under the previous coach that said uh, he felt very comfortable if a player didn't want to be there. He said this was the only time in their life for them to really have this type of decision, so they needed to be wherever they wanted to go. So he didn't even put parameters of where they could go. He let them go. In fact, he let a quarterback go. They went from Georgia, and a lot of that was not over his own volition because the quarterback got in trouble. But he went down to LSU. He did not hold him back at all. New coach comes in, comes out of the uh, Alabama State framework, man. Ain't leaving. Ain't moving. You can't leave. Ain't going to happen. You of H. And this is a player. This is not – I mean, let me tell you how – let's think about how petty these coaches can get. This is not, quote, unquote, a star player. This is not a player that is liable to start. This is not a player that is in a position where they don't have a lot of depth. This is just a coach saying that I don't want to start this thought process. Yeah. So we'll stop it before it even begins. No matter how little, how lack of the player in terms, it doesn't matter. This is our rule now. Well, let's, let's look at the, the, the quarterback triangle that that's, it happened right here in front of us here in the state. Um. Don't roll your eyes, Doc. This, help me out here. Help me out. Help me out. Quarterback one. Hill on campus. He leaves and goes to uh, TCU. TCU. Um, From Texas A&M. Then, Two different conferences. Let's make sure right. we're clear with that. O'Conn leaves, leaves U of H, goes to Michigan. And all these folks, are, and, and he should be ready to, to step out on the field this year. because he, right. Uh, his situation. Then you have Kevin Murray, who doesn't even, you know, he's badly there. Kyle, Kyle Murray. Kyle Murray, I'm sorry. Uh, and he leaves, goes to Oklahoma. Texas A&M. To and then, they, and then, and then the, o- the Big 12. Then the Oklahoma quarterback leaves and comes to A&M. Travis Knight. That's again. 
And Oklahoma and now Travis Knight. We need to put this out. The Travis Knight gets to play immediately because he's a graduate. Right. Yeah. So now, he doesn't I, have to sit out the year. And it's much difficult when you're graduates in terms of the restrictions because you open up. Now the only restriction you have based on NCAA guidelines is the fact that you have to transfer to a program that has a degree that your old program doesn't have. Right. Okay. That's what I'm glad you – now how does that work as far as when you first make mention that I'm moving I'm moving on. This is the paperwork. It's on your paperwork, and it just shows where you – do you have to show that you're a graduate, that you did indeed graduate, satisfied all your requirements for graduation, and then you show where you want to transfer to, and you show what majors that you want to transfer in, and then they just look to see if that school has that major. If they don't, you're free to go. So that's, that's what U of H so kinesiology is doing. Is, is just one of those – I don't know what his major is, but I'm just throwing it out there. Kinesiology is just a – yeah, it can Rank be. It. it can be theoretically as somebody that does curriculum instruction. It literally can be the same major, as long as it has different names. So, in a lot of people's eyes, kinesiology, human performance, uh, really the same major. Okay. Some people would say technically the kinesiology is more science based, but general the public people would look at them essentially the same. Even exercise science, some people would throw in there at one time was physical education. So, as long as they're not the same degrees, you're free to go. In U of H, Ronnie Johnson and L.J. Rose both announced that they were leaving U of H programs as graduates to go to other programs. Let me see how, let me, if I can read how it was phrased. L.J. Rose will not resume his collegiate career at the University of Houston. He's explored, he's elected to explore options with other schools for the 2016-2017 season. Ronnie Johnson, let me see if I can find Ronnie Johnson. Ronnie Johnson has asked for and received his release from the men's basketball program. Johnson will graduate with his bachelor's degree in organizational leadership supervision good. in May. And both players are leaving in good standing, not a problem, anything like that. They have a quote from uh, Ronnie Johnson. I want to thank my teammates in Houston for the last two years. I learned a lot and developed my game under Coach Sampson and coaches. But I believe it would be best for my career to be a senior leader at another school. The cynic in me will say both of them are leaving because who? Galen Robinson Jr. is going to assume all the minutes and they're not going to have any time playing time to be successful. That's why they left. Correct. So, But it's, this is also a lesson not only for players. I'm sure they listen to the podcast, particularly for parents, is to understand – at least the system, so you won't allow the system to use it up. Understand the framework. So if you get a chance to create the degree plan in such a way that your son or daughter can finish in three years, much less than four, then you essentially know that they have a chance to put some of the power both back, I should say, on their side in terms of deciding if they want to stay and play their graduate year there or transfer out uh, to control and have some leverage in terms of where they play their final year. So the Cougars lost two guards, but the Cougars picked up a commitment from 6'7", forward Devin Davis, junior college All-American. He had a few offers. Uh, Some of the schools that he chose, U of H, over, uh, I think, Purdue, Cincinnati, and Temple. So he is not the... Final feather in the cap for the Cougars. The Cougars are still, I guess, have a slim chance of getting 
high school big man Jared Allen. All those signs are pointing now that the Longhorns are going to seal the deal and get Jared, which is only right because Jared played high school ball in Austin. But because of the previous coaching staff, ignored Jared Allen. I was going to Jared, ask that question. Uh, Would they have been in favor of getting that done? U of H the previous made the inroads while UT slept until Shaka Smart got hired and said, oh, no. Right. We must get this young man to stay home and play for us. So that's where things seem to be leaning, although some folks today now think Kansas has a chance at getting Jared. So you're seeing where at least Coach Sampson and U of H right. are competing against the big boys now, that's the enough. Power Five elite for players. One thing for sure, we know that, uh, that I, I'm gonna, I will make this statement. It is amazing when you make a good hire other than just to hire how different recruiting changes in less than a year. This is true, but also keep in mind, going back a few steps, U of H had a chance to hire Tubby Smith, correct? Yeah, okay. they sure did. Just bring that up, throwing it out there. Yes, years yeah, ago. Yeah, I, I said it like that. Mm-hmm. Wow. Some folks don't know that, but yes, that is correct. Literally. From when he was... Be- he was at Tulsa, right? Yeah. Okay, just tossing it out there. We do know some things on these podcast listeners, in case y'all think we just fell off the turnip truck yesterday. We do have some history and basketball knowledge. We go back a lot of years, have a lot of contacts, so don't don't get it twisted. So, I'm wild, happy with the high. Wildcat. Yeah. How can folks find you on the internet, sir? You can find me on the internet at JL Woodley 1, Jerry L. Woodley Jr., Facebook, Twitter. Uh, TweetDeck, SoundCloud, YouTube. You can find me at AKSV, VCSR, the College Sports Report, also on Blogspot, Blogger. Doc. Yes, they can follow me at Dr. Kenyatta Caville, social media platforms of Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. That's Dr. Kenyatta Caville, D-R-K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. Again, that's D-R. K-E-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L. You can also catch me weekly at Dr. Caville's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab radio show that we do covering the scene of HBCUs and all things HBCU athletics. Where we, you can catch me every Tuesday, as I said, 6 to 7, 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time, 6 to 7 p.m. Central Time. And if you cannot catch it live at KCOH TV, where you can actually listen and or watch at KCOH TV on your TuneIn app as KCOH, and that's KKBQ 92.9 FM HD2 when you look at it. If you can't catch it live on that platform, you can go to uh, SoundCloud and get the TuneIn, I mean, at SoundCloud and get it as a podcast and listen to it whenever you want. That's Dr. Phil's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. This podcast is had a lot of information. We're flowing in here as we get the 70-minute mark of the podcast. I want to wrap it up here. I want to acknowledge, Doc touched on it uh, earlier in the podcast. We were in Indianapolis April, was it, 5th? Yes. To watch the Connecticut Huskies win their fourth straight championship, you know, Oregon's 11th championship. They defeated Syracuse Orange 
was it eighty two sixty one? I believe I had you right made a sixteen zero run and still couldn't catch you. And exactly, that says a lot and, about and, how. And when folks ask me, I say, I said, let me make this one statement. And sixteen zero run, and it was still in double digits. Yes, and you did, did you. It was a, you gave everything you had in that in that sixteen zero run, and literally, folks, they did. Syracuse pushed the button, and they they rose up, and it was still. Not enough. And it goes back to what Dino said at media day. No matter what you have out on the floor, I always have a bench that's sitting there waiting. And let me and let me And when he said that, yeah. you know, folks thought he was kinda like uh okay. But trust me, what we saw last week, that proved that. Yeah. Because he had a he that team didn't have I mean it had a a, uh, a mix of players you know benching starters out on the floor at that during that time and as you refer to this is a bad lineup call a timeout made a change and bam everything and it, just stretched out and it it shows how great the program is how great a coach Gino is we wish him well Gino and Prince have something in common because both the two of them. Where it got ill on their own on their planes and had to be taken to the hospital this weekend. Both had, I believe, flu-like symptoms. Both them are doing better now, resting comfortably. So we wish Prince and Gino on the how often do you hear Prince and Gino in the same sentence? But that's because I can do this, you know. So, <laughs> Doc, he, but he going off deep end now. He, but, he going, uh, off, going off deep end now. He, he did that. But uh, we wish them well. And plus, Gino and Connecticut are in the same conference as U of H. So it's a tie. You know, I said it point blank. I want U of H to get to that level. I want U of H to be at that level where they can compete and eventually beat UConn in basketball. That's what I want. Okay. And let me first also acknowledge Travis Mays is the new head coach of SMU Women's Basketball. I, I mentioned him as one of the four candidates about three weeks ago as a possible candidate, and he got the job. So once again, I do have some people – who helped me out now, with information with basketball. So, go ahead. Two things. One, you went to the dedication of the uh, development center. Yes. And Travis Mays. Both of those situations, truly positive for the conference overall. Where does that sit now with SMU recruiting-wise, get, with Travis getting getting his position, and the connection with, with UT, does it change his recruiting on that, on that staff, and with the development center here in Houston, at U of H, how much is that a, a enhancement of where it changes for them? And this is all about well, a recruit. Coach Huey believes, and we've already seen me get her name, um, that it's already had an impact. U of H, one of the players U of H signed for this to play in the 16-17 season is a top 100 recruit. So, and uh, she is a 6'3 post player. Oh, he get picked up some height. So, uh, and... Athletic? He says she is. I mean, like I said, I haven't seen her play yet. I trust him in his recruiting skill level. I'm trying to pull up her name here, so I'll, I'll talk a few more minutes before I get to her. But, yes, she's part of the recruiting class. And, and he said, like I said, recruiting classes, rankings, is subjective. He said, Coach Huey says that U of H... Recruiting classes, top 25 or whatever. And some classes, some recruiting services say different. Her name is Natasha Mack from Lufkin. 6'3", post player from Lufkin High School. 
uh, ranked 87 by uh, ESPN's Hoop Girls. Long and athletic interior player with a soft touch around the bucket. So that's a big deal to get her. Tyrese Mays at SMU, I think, will help get some players, better players at SMU. I'm not sure his departure will hurt Texas because it's Texas and it's the Big 12. Okay. Going to get back to UConn winning championship. There is folks looking ahead to the 2016-2017 season. Without Stewie. Just despite, w- yes. Without Stewie. With Stewie gone, Mariah Jefferson gone, Morgan Tuck gone, still picking UConn to be a top five program. I have no reason to doubt that. I don't. That bothers me. Mm. I love UConn. I have extreme respect for UConn. But if and you tell me, hard place you, tell me you lose the greatest re- class, winning his class in women's college basketball, three <laughs> players of a starting five, and yet they are a top five program, what does that say about the rest of women's college basketball? They're not working hard. Okay, you said it. They're not working hard. Something is wrong if you can't, and no disrespect to Gino and his staff, because he's going to get players to come there, but you lose one, two, three of the WNBA draft. They were the first three picks of the WNBA draft they last week. <laughs> they should have been. And they are still a top five program coming in the next year? What the hell? South Carolina, Tennessee, Baylor. Texas, Baylor. Stanford, Michigan State, what are y'all doing that UConn could lose that amount of talent and folks still consider them a top five program next year? Yeah. That's what's wrong with women's college basketball. You got to work. You got to outwork it. You got to outwork it. That's a statement. You have to outwork it. I am KG of the Houston Round Ball Review, website HoustonRoundBallReview.com. We are, I have Houston Round Bar of you on YouTube. Thank you for uh, the views on the YouTube channel. The podcast is available on SoundCloud and Podcast Directory. Pod Directory also, as well as iTunes. You can check us out on Facebook at the KG Fifthwood Wildcat and Doc Facebook page. I still have a few t-shirts left. My initial one was in Washington. I have another one in Colorado. Of course, we got you in, you, in you, Houston, you, so we're, we're branching, branching out, out there. You, you branching out there. I'm still waiting for the Colorado person to send me a uh, picture of her wearing a shirt. But anyhow, <laughs> just trying to get people to, to help out, help with the brand. You know speaking, what I mean? Speaking of Colorado, that, and, that, that, and honestly, if you're wearing the shirt, send us a picture. Oh yeah. So we can put it out, put yeah. it on Facebook. Let folks know that the shirts are out there. And this is what it looks like. If you want one, let us know. So we, we're trying to do bigger and better things. Help us out. Help us grow. What are you gonna say? Did the, did the Colorado person that we talked to uh, post game? Did she buy a t shirt? I, I haven't asked her. I need to do that. I haven't, I haven't yeah, you need to because she's always got something smart to say to you and I when she sees us. So let's just hem that up. But I need I need to. Ask, and she probably would do that. I won't. I won't say. I've known her for twenty some years now, so she probably would do that for me. She probably would, would support the podcast. And uh, don't forget that mention about the. Uh, I mean, talk to her about the. Uh, oh yeah, that's yeah, that's not a problem. Okay, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that later. I want to get into that without yeah, yeah. firm and finalizing details because yeah. if it happens, Doc gonna be involved in that. Oh too. yeah, yeah. So yeah. if it does happen, let's go. Yeah, um, yeah. It'll be a podcast in some way, somehow. Yep. 
It and, sure will. And we need to, I'm putting this out there, putting y'all on blast. It's been mentioned. We need to do a video podcast. Okay. Some way, somehow, we need to get that done. Even if it's just five, ten minutes, we need to get that done. Because some folks are, are questioning, are demanding that. So just, just let y'all know. <laughs> That we, know I'm putting what, all of us on blast. What, we need to get that done. Want to know if we if we if we look like what we talk about? Some folks want to know. Well, I mean, you know, because some folks, you know, they say, "Well, I, I wasn't expecting to see that." Hey, you well, know, I, I hear that, but I, I wasn't expecting to see that. So you know, we shall see what we shall see. Folks say that all the time. I, all I know is if we do this video podcast, I don't want to hear anybody talk about you. Well, you don't look like I thought you would. <laughs> like I said, I don't want no neg- <laughs> I don't want neg- negativity. You don't go with the voice. I'm not. I, I can't put a. Now I see a face with the voice. I'm disappointed. Hey, <laughs> ain't, ain't, ain't my fault. Ain't my fault. Ain't my fault. Uh, I, I am how the Lord made me. So if you don't like it, that's on you. Hey. So anyhow, hey. we all happy with what we have. So this is who I am, and, and God bless everybody. All right, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time. Uh, real quick, the Heat uh, wrapped up blasting. <laughs> Uh, Charlotte in their first round playoff game. The final score was one twenty-three to ninety-one. So so far, my Pistons are the only team to lose by less than digit, double digits in this first round, right? Apparently yeah. so. so. Yeah. So it's still a loss, though. I'm not going to hang my hat on losing by five. It's still a loss. But anyway, other than the upset. So yeah. So uh, Rockets game two. Steph Curry or, or no Steph Curry? Rockets win game two in Oakland Monday night. No. Nah. No. no, no. Okay, I don't believe so either. I think the Rockets are going to come here back 0-2, no. down 0-2, and with so many folks show up for Game Three in an 8:30 tip-off. Did have a one-point loss, Boston. Oh, that's right. Thank you very much. You are correct. I'm looking at the scoreboard right now. That's right. Hawks beat the Celtics 102-101. <laughs> so yes. So we've had two close games. Okay. Is uh, that is and we'll talk more about uh, the NBA adding the. Uh, Sponsorship, sponsorship. Patch. What? Oh. Two by two, which may generate a hundred million dollars. That's money. That's money. Another revenue stream. You really upset because they gonna put a sponsorship logo? How is that going? No, my question would be: Will they do it? Will they label it the same way they do the soccer? Uh, it's be similar to the night. similar. Okay. Yeah. So two inch little space that they put whatever whoever wants to buy the space. And most just of like it is, is just an extension of sponsors that, that they currently have. Uh-huh. And just giving the, those sponsors an option to buy this. Yeah. <clears throat> so it'll be just one patch? Or just <clears throat> one patch. It started as one. Right now, yeah, right now they say. Let me, let me. <laughs> now I got to look on his face, right? <laughs> let me see. They're going to go overboard at some point. At some point, they'll be yeah, like soccer. These folks like money. The sponsorship I, patch I, I will appear on the front left of the game jerseys opposite the Nike logo. Patches will measure approximately two and a half inches by two and a half inches and be adjusted to fit the dimensions of each sponsor's logo. And Nike starts next year. The with sponsor free. patch will not appear on the retail versions of the player jerseys, but teams will have the option to sell the jerseys with sponsor patches in their own retail outlets. That'll be interesting. <coughs> that will, because that means a separate uh, deal for every team or, yeah. or the individual. Well, the team will get the chance to. Because uh, when you start own. selling in the, what you're selling in the, in the team shop and what you sell out at, at the outdoor, uh, outside uh, retail, at, right? It, it's totally. It's, it won't it's, have the logo. Okay. At the outside, they only have the logo uh, for the one in shop. And it's a three-year pilot program, but expected to generate one hundred million dollars. And Nike so becomes you know, the uh, stop the league, watching uh, the Nike NBA becomes the apparel 
uh, provider this coming season, 2016-2017 season. It's going to be interesting. Shoes, shirts, jerseys, warm-ups. Gentlemen, thank you as always. This was fun. Thank you very much for your really? time. Is that thank what you we have We touched on a lot of things today, as we always do. I'm going to wrap it up, as I always do. In conclusion, be true, be cool, and do more. <laughs>